and I pull up my phone. And he's like, hey, I really wanted to show you. I had been playing around with Gaia. And I start showing her and I'd use Gaia's. I like that you guys have the option to have markers with different symbols. Hello, everyone. I'm Shanti, and welcome back to the Out and Back podcast presented by Gaia GPS. This is episode 34, and we're glad you're here with us. Now, over here at Gaia GPS and Out and Back, we love hearing how our maps unlock the keys to your adventures, whether that's through hiking the AT, conducting groundbreaking science, or uh, even putting a ring on a relationship. Yeah, that last one I just said is for real, and it's not something obscure or random. It's actually our story for today's show. This story is about how maps played a starring role in leading a couple down the aisle to I Do. Now, before we dive into the story, though, I just wanted to let you know that you too can make and place your own memories in a map. The Gaia GPS team has unrolled a new feature that lets you use any emoji on your phone as a waypoint on the map. You can mark that special campsite with a tent, add a water drop to a water source that you find on your hike that's reliable, or even add a mark for a particular memorable moment that happened on your hike. The options are endless, and it's all part of having a Gaia GPS premium membership. And right now, out and Back podcast listeners get a special discount on a Gaia GPS premium membership. Just go to GaiaGPS.com slash podcast to get 20% off on a premium membership with Gaia GPS, the gold standard of offline backcountry navigation tools. Again, that's GaiaGPS.com slash podcast. Okay. Grab a box of tissues, everyone. Here's Abby with the story. Maps are like love letters. They enable boldness and they break down barriers to the impossible. Our story for you today is indeed a love letter written on a map. It's a chronicle of the past and an invitation to the adventure of the future. You see a map, and in fact, a map in Gaia GPS, played an integral role in putting a ring on a couple's relationship. Meet the protagonists of this love story. Hi, my name is Ian Silberman. My name is Phoebe Nowitzki. Phoebe and Ian share a very unique common bond, a love of teaching through the outdoors. I realized that I wanted to connect with kids in a grander way other than just sharing adventures in the outdoors, which led me into education. We both work for expeditionary learning schools and it just is such a pivotal part of our educational philosophy. I'm a high school humanities teacher at a expeditionary learning school in Denver, Colorado. I am a special education teacher. I teach fourth through eighth grades. I'm at the Odyssey School of Denver and, and I just feel so lucky that we both get to spend every day in places that we like deeply love and care for. That shared love of mountains brought both Ian and Phoebe out to Colorado as young adults. I've been in Denver for almost 10 years now. I moved here from Minneapolis, still a place that is so important and meaningful to me, so much love for, for the city, but I always knew that I was meant for and destined for just more space, some bigger mountains, more adventures. I grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina, but my parents were both pretty active in the outdoors. I would I give them all the credit, both my parents taking me skiing when I was eight years old, where I fell in love with snow sports, which eventually brought me out to Colorado or going backpacking. Or I think the big thing, too, was I got sent to summer camps. I was a summer camp kid, and that was where I really had a, a sense of independence. When Ian and Phoebe first met in 2014, you could say Phoebe actually turned him down. 
in a certain type of way. When I first moved down to Denver to you know, try to really establish myself as an educator, at the time, I walked into the SOS Outreach Office, which was a nonprofit that tried to get students or teenagers and kids from inner cities or lower income neighborhoods the opportunity to go snowboarding. I walked in and Phoebe was actually working in the office. It was one of my first days on the job. I was sitting behind my desk and we were in this little dingy basement office. It looked like a mix between a rundown board shop and a nonprofit. There just was all this donated gear everywhere. You had to go around this corner, down these like basement stairs. Everybody was very weirded out. But I'm sitting at my desk, new to this position, just so stoked to be here. And in walks Ian. And I remember thinking, oh, of course, SOS has this very cute, smiley woman working at one of the desks. He's like, hey, I'm a really good friend of Emery's. I was involved with SOS up in Steamboat. I'm wondering if you have any positions available. And I knew that he was talking about positions that paid money. But as somebody who spent a lot of time in the nonprofit world, I was like, hey, we have some volunteer positions. He, he ended up not being able to participate in that way. And I just remember thinking something about this person just is really tugging at me. And he had mentioned that he was a good friend of one of our mentors who ended up really being pretty pivotal in our relationship later on. But in that moment, something in my soul knew that there was something about this stranger. I just knew that our lives were going to be connected in some way. We continued to stay connected through SOS. We were always in each other's worlds. We had really close mutual friends. Some of his best friends were really thoughtful and committed volunteers. And so we would run into each other from time to time. I also really looked up to him professionally. So after a few years of working at SOS and I had done some nonprofit work before that, I had decided and really felt called to make the switch to become a special education teacher. And I was like, wow, this is really what I want. And then him being a teacher in a school that I knew I wanted to, to be at, we found a connection there too. Some of our conversations over the years, when we were just acquaintances and, and friends through bigger friend groups, we would talk about education a lot and she wasn't happy where she was and she's a big outdoor enthusiast. So I had encouraged her to look into different schools. Despite their obvious connection, Phoebe and Ian's acquaintance remained strictly platonic. We both had, you know, been in our unavailable, I guess you could say, in our different relationships over the years. It felt like that was the universe saying, no, you're not like quite ready for each other yet. And so I was seeing somebody and then he would be single and then it would be, you know, reversed and this and that. Seven years after Ian and Phoebe first met in that dingy basement office, the sea of the universe started to change its tide. At this point, we had gone out a couple times just as friends. During some of those times we'd gone out, maybe one of us was seeing someone else or something wasn't allowing there to be something more. Eventually, Phoebe had had enough. So she did what any sensible adult would do. She turned to her best friend, who happened to be a good friend of Ian's best friend, Emery. I had told my best friend, Miriam, you Ian, Emery's best friend? I just really, I just think that he is something I'm, I think he's so cute. I think he's everything that I want, but it just felt like we were ships in the night. And 
because he had been in a relationship and I had been in a relationship, I was really careful about really allowing myself to go there. Uh, but then when once a relationship had ended, I was like, game on. And so I told her, you know, wow, Ian, man, that guy, if you ever get the chance. And they were on this camping trip with his best friend and she totally spilled the beans and she called me the next day and she's like, Phoebe, I'm so sorry. I told Emery everything, but it's for your own good. Miriam's audacity handed Phoebe her own suitcase of courage. And I was actually on my backpacking trip with my students and Phoebe had reached out to me probably a week before I left saying that she was starting at a new school and how excited she was and how much she appreciated some of the conversations we had. And I felt really bad because I didn't get back to her. I wanted to let him know that I ended up getting a position at the school and he was actually the first one who told me about it. And so I was really excited to get the job and to tell him that it was really through our conversation that I, I felt like things lined up. And then I didn't hear from him for a while. And I was like, oh, okay, there goes that. Who knows? Maybe in the future. I was actually trying to evacuate a, a student, just nothing bad. A student had just gotten a really bad stomach bug and couldn't pass it. So I had service. And one of my best friends sends me a text message saying, hey, what do you think of Phoebe? And I thought he was just wanting my opinion to maybe offer her a job for something. So I was just like, oh, like super smiley, positive, like Phoebe. Yeah, she's great. What's up? Like, what, what's there to know about her? And he's like, you know, the sources say that she's into you. And of course, I was super flattered and super excited to hear that because I'd kind of had been interested in the idea of her. But where I was in my life, I wasn't necessarily trying to make that move. So I had that text message that I didn't respond to her, not to say I was standing her up, but just trying to get 16 kids ready to go backpacking for 17 days. Your mind is other places. So then I had service, so I responded to the text message just to put a feeler out there. I was like, hey, sorry, I'm on this backpacking trip. Things are like really hard, but I'm stoked for you that you got a position at Odyssey. And I just, we ended up texting a bunch while I was on the trip and I was having a pretty challenging time, not in any way because the kids were great. I think just, it felt a little isolating at times. You're with these awesome teenagers during the day, but you don't really have anyone to connect with that's a, a peer in the evenings when I'd have service, Phoebe was always there to text with. And that was really awesome. And I thought that things were going pretty well. It just felt like this really strong connection that I knew was there all along. And then when he got out of the back country, we decided to, to meet up and, and I wasn't really sure what he was looking for or the level of his interest at that point. We met up for dinner, had this great conversation. I felt like I was laying it on really thick and I could not figure out he was being so chivalrous. I'm like, maybe he's just not that into it. I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't like me that much. <laughs> I thought we were just seeing each other as friends. I was trying to play it cool. And then one thing led to another and I was, yeah, I'd been playing it too cool. Social media were sometimes too connected. I think I was trying to be very respectful of the last time we had seen each other like in person she was in a relationship so i was just trying to be you know very conscious of the fact that she was in a relationship and then i was like but we're still on for next week because we had originally talked about next week so we still get to do that too so then we met up a second time in one week and and after that night of beer drinking and walking around town he sent me this text message i really wanted to talk to her about it in person but i wussed out and sent a text of just being like 
I don't know if that was a date or not, but if it was, it was really nice. And I was like, yeah, that was a great date. And I knew it was going to be a great date because I've had my eyes on you for years and something about you, I just always knew. So I'm glad she let me know that kind of steered me straight. And so we started dating September of 2019. Things just felt really natural and really organic and also really intentional right out of the gate. And so there was a part of me that was feeling like maybe I should be feeling anxious about our, our pacing or maybe I should be feeling nervous about the intensity of my feelings. But there just was none of that. It just felt so comfortable and open and honest and just right. Phoebe and Ian quickly took their relationship out of the concrete jungle of Denver and up into the snow-capped Rocky Mountains, punctuating the skyline to the west. Our very first like, adventure date, we went for a hike just off Loveland Pass, and we were both in a recovery place. He had ruptured his Achilles in 2018, and I had a pretty nasty fall in the Dolomites. And so Ian and I were both in this place of really identifying as outdoor athletes and enjoying the outdoors, but then had had that taken from us for a period of time. And so this hike was really important in, in a lot of ways. And so we're starting out, we're so stoked to be out there together. It's a beautiful morning. And the objective was to hike Grizzly Peak. Jutting 13,433 feet into the sky, Grizzly Peak sits along the Continental Divide on the front range of the Rocky Mountains. I did not have Gaia with me and I was planning on my own intuition. And I think I was also just feeling a little bit anxious about, I don't know, all the things. We took a hard left. I remember that because I had done Grizzly Peak once before and was just going off intuition and hiked us to the wrong mountain. And it was, I think Phoebe even said, no, I'm pretty sure that's Mount Snicktow. I think that one is Grizzly Peak, like for sure. And he's like, no, no, I was just up here. I, I think we need to take a left. And in my mind, I was like, I know 100% that you are wrong, but it will be way more satisfying to me when we get up to the right peak and then you realize what happened. And I don't mind an extra couple miles. That feels totally worth it just for the satisfaction. And so sure enough, we get up there and he's like, ah, I'm not so sure this is right. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think it's to, to the right. <laughs> And I think I was trying to be all impressive and outdoor. Like I knew my stuff and I totally took a wrong turn. Totally ended up on the wrong peak and uh, looked out over the way. And yeah. And the same like, hey, you're right. Like, I, I made a mistake. Are you okay? Do you want to keep going? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. It's it's not really a big deal. We can just turn back around and, and things happen. And I think that was actually really important. And we made it to the top of Grizzly and had a really beautiful morning and came back down. And so... I think that was the first time where we got to lay a foundation for future communication because he was so gracious and, and humble. I had to swallow my pride a little bit and practice some humility. And that was a great thing to do on like the fourth date. One of the comical parts of the date after a great date was we got home. She dropped me off and then I couldn't find my phone. And then I was using the... Apple find my iPhone maps and was seeing my phone halfway in between my house and Phoebe's house. So I assumed it was in her car. 
sent her like a message on Facebook Messenger or something to try to get a hold of her, and she couldn't find my phone. And so I naturally left my phone on top of her car on our first date and lost that. But that was nice because I cleared the air. I'm forgetful. And now we have this kind of funny story. And then that really laid the foundation for some future adventures. And I think that when we are out together, there is always this understanding that the objective never takes priority over the other person. Like at, at the end of the day, we are out there to do this thing together. And that is what is important. It's not really about the destination. Some destinations are so saturated with memory, we can't help but hold them closer to the heart than others. Such as Colorado's Arkansas River Valley for Phoebe and Ian. The idyllic mountain town of Buena Vista sits nestled next to the Arkansas River and at the feet of the southern Sawatch Mountains. 15 of these majestic peaks are 14ers, meaning they are over 14,000 feet high. Buena Vista has always been such a special place to us as individuals, and now we get to share that as a couple. Phoebe and I, are our first adventure date, we're going to do this, the, a series of 14ers, and you know we pull up and I have this Honda Element that I've uh, created a pretty decent little camper in the back of it. We did these two 14ers and had a great time. And then we went down into Buena Vista that evening. I think we had a drink and dinner at Eddie Line. Then we went to the Surf Hotel and had like nice cocktails by the water. Ended up surprising her with a chocolate cake. And then we camped in a friend's yard that night. It was just nice to be able to have that experience and kind of have this big adventure day, but we both like to enjoy the finer things. With Phoebe and I both being motivated by experiences in the outdoors and experiences in nature and also experiences with each other, taking on those experiences, we've done a lot around that area for sure. Buena Vista Salida got a dog in March and took him for some of his first hikes out in around, actually pretty close to where we did that first adventure. I feel like we just spend a lot of time looking at different places that look attractive to us and we just go there and, and run. It wasn't all puppies and smiles though. Phoebe and Ian's adventures really put their relationship to the test as well. Like the time they went for a big bike ride aptly named the Crippler near Canyon City, Colorado. The Crippler was a race route that I had found just doing some browsing. And I said, hey, this is normally a race, but I think that it could be really fun for us just to do. And we could bike pack and we could have all of our gear. It'd be so fun. It was like 60 miles and 5,000 feet of vert, I think. And a majority of it was gravel. And he said, that looks like a big day to carry all of our stuff. And I was like, no. Ah! whatever. It'll be great. And he's like, what do you think about if we just camped? I know there's some great campsites in the area. I think that we could base camp out of there and do a mission and, and come back. And I said, okay, that sounds really good. There's a part of me that felt like we were like cheaping out, but I was like, okay, if that's what you want to do, we'll do it. And it's going to be so cushy. So we hop on the road, have some nice asphalt to just descend into Canyon City cruise through town. It was so beautiful. And then, yeah, I forget the name of the road. Something Canyon, Phantom Canyon Road, I think it is, coming up that to the northeast or northeast and rounding out towards eventually Canyon City. There were just some hills that did not want to end. And about halfway to Victor, I was like, wow, we've already gained like 4,000 feet and we still have a long ways to go. 
And I just remember it was pretty high grade for quite a lot of time and the gravel was pretty loose and we get up to the shelter and I get off of my bike and I just lay down and he's like we still have a ways to go I'm not sure that the horizontal position is what's going to be best for us right now and I was like don't tell me what to do and I was like I just need I need to lay down right now I need to have a snack and I need to just for it to be quiet And so after a snack and some water and some laying down and some stretching, it's like, okay, here's the final push. And so we hop back on the bikes and I like to keep any sort of music for those moments when I'm like really needing it, when I need that extra boost. And so for that final push up to Victor, I turn my music on and Ian is chatting and so psyched. And I, I know I can see that it is challenging for him too, but we just have different approaches. I'm like, I need to just go inside and just be here for a second. And when I'm struggling or when I'm outside, I just like to talk. And I think Phoebe was tired of hearing me talk at her and being, I'm also sometimes overly optimistic and overly positive. And I think she was in a, maybe in the pain cave and didn't want to hear me just talking about how beautiful it was or talking about something. And he's like, wow, wasn't this great? Wow, look at this. Whoa, this gravel's really nice. So look at that tree. And I love you and I will listen to you talk, but I don't really have the oxygen or the desire to talk right now. And there were just moments of tension and, and then the top of that climb, they were just, it was silent. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, did I, did I do something? And then of course I'm getting frustrated because I'm like, hey, what did I do? Like, oh, I feel like I did something wrong. And I don't know what's going through her head, but we, I think we were both really hungry. We'd been eating and drinking all day, but it was a big day and neither of us are, I would consider cyclists first. And then we got to Victor and had so many snacks and that just makes everything so much better. Just walking into that convenience store, we were like, oh, we'll take it all. I think I got a Snickers ice cream sandwich, a Coke, a bag of chips, something else. And I think Phoebe got like a lollipop and like some other stuff. And we just got all the junk food and we sat on this little park bench and chowed down and we came back to life. And then we descended Shelf Road to camp. And that was probably one of our most challenging experiences in the outdoors together. It was type two plus fun at times, but yeah, we stuck it through that, which said something because we were both pretty hangry by the end. That what is really special is that after so many adventures together, we can just read each other so much better and read each other pretty well. And I know that It feels good for Ian to be able to talk it out and to be able to feel really connected. And he knows that it feels really good for me to just go inside for a little bit. And that doesn't mean that anything is wrong. That just means that I am just here and I'm in it. And I think that's what we learned on that trip. When the COVID-19 pandemic hit the U.S. in March of 2020, like with so many couples, Ian and Phoebe faced a make it or break it test. Both of our schools went remote in the spring of 2020. 
and he was living in this teeny tiny super cute but small trailer at the time or camper outside of in his friend's backyard and that wasn't super conducive to like virtual teaching and so it was at that point where my 500 square foot apartment was like three times as big as this spot and so we yeah, we shared a lot of space during that time. And, and we had already known that we were going to be moving in together. So it felt like like a, just a really fast paced dry run. I got to see him interact with his students. He got to see me interact with mine. And I think that because our foundation was initially built on this passion for pursuing these things that we really care about and, and wanting that to be our all day, every day, it really felt pretty full circle to be able to engage in that together, even if it was in a studio apartment. Phoebe and Ian's relationship passed the cohabitation test with flying colors. So much so, an idea started blossoming in Ian's mind. Going up to Minnesota with her over Thanksgiving and getting to see how she was the same person around all her family and just how much family meant to her living in a house together, sharing all these adventures together. But I think it was less of something in her, but just something in me where I truly feel like I have to be the best version of myself around her. Not to say that she demands that from me, but just how amazing of a human and spirit she is that makes me hold myself accountable for that. I feel very privileged that my mother, some of her, both her great grandmother and her grandmother had some jewelry that she wanted to extract some gems from to give to her sons for potential rings. And so I reached out to her in January, just saying, Hey, mom, I want to start this conversation. I was also spending my evenings when Phoebe was in the shower away from her phone, getting on her Instagram and her Pinterest. Unfortunately, she was saving things that were helpful. It was helpful for one, she was thinking about a wedding because we didn't really talk about it. We talked about like a grander future together five, 10 years down the road. So I think that was included, but we weren't necessarily putting that pressure on of like, when are we getting married? I'm just like taking notes and sending all these photos to my mom. Ian thought the process of designing and crafting the ring would take about six months, giving him ample time to mentally prepare. A month later, his mom called to say that she was on her way to the jeweler. And then literally as I'm putting on my ski bib, she calls me and says, hey, I'm with the jeweler. We can make the ring. I like literally fell over trying to put on my ski bibs because I was like, this is, we just jumped six steps ahead. This is way happening so fast. And then next thing I know, I'm pulling out my credit card and it was the most stressful morning of my life. The jeweler said the ring would be ready in about six to eight weeks. Like, perfect. I need time to just decompress and also process everything that just happened. And then I get a text from the jeweler saying, Hey, the ring's done. We're overnight shipping it to you. So then it's mid-March and I'm pacing around this basement, like either Frodo or what's the guy's name? Phoebe's going to kill me because she's a huge Lord of the Rings. Gollum. I'm like Gollum walking around this ring, just being like, what? Like, where did this come from? Why do I have it? It's March. This was supposed to happen in June. The ring, not to say it in any way against my will, just happened way faster than I expected it to. With the precious ring burning a hole in his pocket, Ian threw his June proposal plans out the window and improvised. The couple were already planning on celebrating Phoebe's birthday by riding Monarch Mountain, followed by an elegant evening at the Surf Hotel in their beloved Buena Vista. We don't do things like this. We usually sleep in tents. We usually sleep in the car on road trips. I 
we'd never stayed in a hotel together before this night. So this is very out of the ordinary and something we really wanted to celebrate. I actually had gone for a run when the idea hit me of how I was going to do it. I really want geography to be a, a super important part of it. The day before on Friday, I called Phoebe's mom because she's Phoebe's person, the matriarch, if you will, and asked for her blessing and explain my intentions. And ever since that phone call, I realized there was like no turning back. Well before the sun came up on Phoebe's birthday, Ian was rearing to go. Ian regularly wakes up in the four o'clock-ish hour. I don't. I tend to be more of like a 5.30 to 6.30 person, which comparatively feels like sleeping in. <laughs> he woke up at 3.30 in the morning, took the dog for a long walk, had the car all packed, coffee going. And I was like, wow, this is extra, even for him who likes to be ready and prepared. So we drive up, they called for kind of cloudy, partly cloudy day. And I was totally expecting it to be just overcast and ruin the views. But I'm also freaking out. We're in the car and we're heading up to Monarch and we're just jamming out. I didn't notice anything at the time, but he did seem like contemplative and he was really fixated on the weather and on his stuff. I'd spent the previous afternoon in the art teacher's room in my school creating this little foam key safe. Because like I said, our first date, I lost my phone on the top of her car. So it would be totally like me to lose this ring in my snowboard pocket. At times I wanted to stop the car to look to make sure the key had not unzipped the zipper and jumped out of my coat pocket, which I checked six times in the morning. He's like, I think we should pull over. I think I might've forgot a jacket. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you packed your jacket. And he's like, man, the, the weather, I just don't know if the weather's gonna, how it's gonna be today. I was like, it looks great. And, and if it's cloudy, it's cloudy. And we have had a lot of really windy, cold days at Loveland this year. What's the big deal? We can handle cold and windy. He's like, I just really hope. I thought there was going to be a sliver of sun. I'm like, okay. And we get to Monarch. We're so excited. They had gotten all this fresh snow. We have a nice morning just skiing around. There's some really fun terrain. And we were just stoked to be there. And so sure enough, it was this beautiful bluebird day, sun is shining, perfect temps. The snow is starting to, to soften up. I'm very anxious all morning. I forgot that I enjoyed snowboarding on this morning, which usually is hard for me to do. But we go up and I ask the ski patroller when they think they're going to open Mirkwood. Like I said, Phoebe loves Lord of the Rings, so it didn't hurt that the name of this bowl is called Mirkwood. And he says like 30, 45 minutes. We take a few runs on, you know, some groomers. And then we hit some stuff, some more like off-piste stuff. And it's a bit crunchy and not quite as, as nice and grippy as those groomers that are starting to thaw. And Phoebe's like, are you sure you want to go to Mirkwood? It's kind of crunchy. I'm like, no, we got to go to Mirkwood. We're going to Mirkwood. I'm like, okay, that sounds great. And so we get down and Ian like shotguns a beard. I was like, okay, vacation mode. And yeah, I see him like grabbing all these things. And I'm just like, okay, we're ready for the bowl. I didn't want to grab little bottles of champagne or have those even in our car because I felt like that was going to be obvious. I thought she was on to me. So we grabbed some seltzers and then at the last minute I grabbed two hats because if we have a chance to get photos, not to say helmets are dorky in any way, but it's harder to get your helmets and goggles. It's all 
over the place. And so we get up there, we start our hike, and we were reflecting on how the last time we were at Monarch, it was New Year's, let's see, 2020. And just how different life felt then, but how grateful we were to have spent these unprecedented times together and how we never could have foreseen the experiences that we had had in that past year, but how in a lot of ways, we're so grateful for our personal experiences that came out of that. Not to say that we are glad that the world experienced this collective trauma, but how that was a really pivotal time for us. And so we get up to the top, the snow is looking really good. I'm like, this would be a great place to drop. This would be a great place to drop. He's like, no, no, I think we should keep going up. And I was like, you want to? Okay, we're keeping going. And when he get up on top of the ridge and we're far away from everyone else. I was hoping there would be like a perfect location. Sure enough, there was this rock outcropping kind of way off the furthest area of the ski boundary. It's like, actually, those rocks look great. Why don't we like have a seltzer and just hang out for a second? I'm like, all right, great. And so we hike over to these rocks. We get to this first out rock outcropping and it was, you couldn't see over the ridge that we had just hiked over. So then I more or less start like sprinting slash post holing to the next rock. I made a joke. I was like, babe, you're on a mission. So we get out to the top of this rock outcropping and we're standing there taking it all in. The views are stunning. And I pull up my phone. And he's like, hey, I really wanted to show you. I had been playing around with Gaia. And I start showing her and I use Gaia's. I like that you guys have the option to have markers with different symbols. For those unfamiliar with Gaia GPS, First of all, how dare you? Just kidding. The point is, you can add waypoints to the map to mark precise locations with labels and symbols. So I had a symbol for a tent. He points to across the ridge and points to his phone and says, hey, like this point right here, that's Marshall Pass. And I said, in this tent was where I vividly remember texting you one night when it's pouring rain and I was feeling frustrated with certain things and you were just there for me in so many ways and little did I know how significant that night was texting you. And I'm like, oh, that's so cute. And it has a little tent. And in my mind, I was like, wow, he's really going above and beyond for my birthday. He's so sweet. This guy, I just love him so much. And then we turn and he shows me a waypoint that has a dog on it. And he's like, and if you look right over there at that pass, that was Kai's first hike, our dog Kai. He's like, that's where we took Kai on his very first hike. And then I point more to the southeast over towards the Crippler and say, remember that day when we like biked forever and we weren't smiling at each other for the first time, which never happens. You had a little bicycle for the Crippler. And then if you look at this point here, that was where we had our first you know, camping adventure where we hiked Shavano and, and Tabawatch. And, and that was when I knew that you were somebody who I just wanted to have more adventures with. And if you look over here, that was our first New Year's together, right over the past in Crested Butte. And 
It just was really special. There was a star that I dropped more or less uh, where we were standing, and I showed her my phone and said, hey, do you know what this star is? I was like, no. And then I said, this is where I ask you to spend the rest of your life with me. So I get down on one knee, and I pretty much blacked out. I wish I could say, I, and that's what was so great about the guy proposal was I had so much to talk about and so many talking points and so many things to point at that I just got lost in words and just got down on one knee. And he said, this is where I do this. And he pulls out the most beautiful ring that I have ever seen. And I think I said something along the lines of, will you spend the rest of your life with me? Will, will you be my partner in this adventure we call life? You are the most important person to me, all these things. I couldn't say word for word what I said. What I saw in Phoebe was just a, a smile and tears I'd never seen before of just pure excitement, surprise, joy, and you know, bliss. And it was, it, I think that's when I started like feeling, I was already feeling very emotional, but seeing just how she was just taken aback by emotion. Just, it felt like so, so real. This is happening and this is happening in a way that even movies or books or TV shows or just society in general can't even describe. And it just is the most perfect moment. And I just am so grateful for that. It just was such a succinct, collection of all of our favorite memories and of our journey as partners and to really seal it up right there felt really special and it was being surrounded by snowy mountaintops being in our snowsuits bluebird day i could not have scripted a better day for the controlled things i had down but there were so many uncontrolled variables that just made it perfect it felt like yeah, it just felt like everything was so right. And we had this moment up there where I was crying and lost control of them. My face muscles and was probably making a silly face and, and he was emotional. And it just was this really special moment that I will remember forever in the middle of our entire story. We shared some time up there. I think she was totally surprised. I had no idea that that was coming. It just didn't seem surprising that he was making some of these like grander gestures because he's someone that loves to celebrate the people that he loves. I had known for a really long time that this is the person that I wanted to, to spend my life with and this was my partner. But I did not expect for us to make that commitment to each other then and there. I think I knew that she would say yes. It was more of, will the ring fit? Which it did, which I was super happy about. And she was really into it, the ring itself, since I did the design by myself and with my mom and with just some Instagram inspiration. So then after the proposal and after that very like emotional 10, 15 minutes, we see these two ladies hiking up the ridge, the furthest rock outcropping over at Monarch, we consider Lover's Rock, but so we come down and I ask them to take our photos and they say, like, yeah, of course, we'll take your photos. And I was like, oh, by the way, these photos are important. We just got engaged. And they're like, what? 
they just like lose their they lose their mind and they're like on that rock right there they end up being like the best hype girls i could have even hired they're just so excited they're screaming across the ridge and we just got engaged people from far away are like cheering for us and we get these great photos taken and i was so fixated on the proposal that i didn't really think about hiking really far away from the lift after Monarch had just gotten 30 inches of snow in seven days, that after the engagement and after the photos, we got to have this magical moment of descending these untouched powder faces through the trees. I forgot that we were out here doing this thing that we both love so much because I was so wrapped up in the moment. But then we got to have this run down together that was just so epic, hooting and hollering and celebrating. And it just felt like everything coming together. I've taken thousands of runs on my snowboards, tens of thousands. And that is a run that I will never forget. Like between the snow and the joy and us smiling at each other. At this point, the girls who had taken our photos had stopped and they're like, cheering us on. I told Phoebe when we got to the bottom, I was like, I feel like the world was just smiling on us. And then we get to the base and we run into one of my friends who like randomly happened to be at Monarch, like a very small ski resort in the middle of the state. So we got to do some lift laps with them. They were totally stoked for us. And it, and then we got to go back to the Surf Hotel, which was such an important place of our early relationship. And I'd called the hotel the day before and they had put a chilled bottle of champagne out, and we just had a really great day. And of course, we can't leave you hanging. Yes, Phoebe and Ian have set a date. The wedding will be June 17th, 2022, and it will be in Buena Vista, which feels really special because that has been at the center of our beginning to date and then just at the, at the center of so many of our stories. Phoebe and Ian look forward to marking the map with many more waypoints over their journey through life together. So I've already added a heart to where it actually happened. So we have a heart at the exact spot at where it was, the star more or less for reference. And yeah, there'll be many waypoints in the future. You know, Do you like, think that maybe Gaia could ha come out with a little like wedding bell icon <laughs> so that we could mark our see, ceremony spot? I would like to see a firework icon because I had to use, I think it was like a leaf or some piece of shrubbery to look like a firework for uh, when we had our first New Year's together in Crescent Butte. I had to get creative. You were spot on with everything else. You had a dog, you had a heart, you had a tent, tent you had bicycles, you oh, had yes, everything I needed, but I, I just needed a firework. So maybe you guys should, you guys should make it so you can just use emojis. Phoebe and Ian are in luck. Our team at Gaia GPS recently rolled out the ability to use any emoji on your iOS or Android device as a waypoint on the map. We'll call it an early wedding gift. Congratulations, Phoebe and Ian. We can't wait to see what emojis you place on the map next. Now, that's cool. Great story. Congrats to you, Phoebe and Ian, and uh, here's to your happily ever after. Now, dear listeners, if you want to see some photos from the engagement, make sure to head on over to our show notes on blog.gaiagps.com and check them out. They are just as cute as you think. And as a reminder to everyone on a few things before we wrap up, like Phoebe and Ian, you can place memories on your maps with Gaia GPS. But to do that, you need to pick up a Gaia GPS Premium Membership. 
head on over to GaiaGPS.com slash podcast to get a 20% discount. Once you've done that, make sure to swing over to Instagram and follow at Out and Back Podcast. And then finally, if you like today's show, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a nice five-star review. It helps the show get noticed and lets us know if we're doing a good job over here. Until next time, this is Shanty along with Abby. Enjoy putting your own waypoints on the map, everyone. And we'll see you next time on the Out and Back podcast presented by Gaia GPS. Bye-bye. Oh,